welcome to our weekly discussion podcast. I am Pastor Holly, and I am so happy to be here once again this week with Pastor Scott Rossiter, one of our amazing online pastors. Um, Pastor Scott, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. This is so much fun. I love it. <laughs> well, we were... Uh, it is fun. This is always fun to record. We... Um, had the privilege of hearing uh, from Pastor Scott again this week, the the last of two messages. I love this. It's kind of a series within a series, right? Yeah. Because we're at our Words Matter series, yep. uh, and within that, you did a two-part, uh, two-week message series on love and the cross, which has been so good. Um, so I loved the the wrap-up uh, for that this week, and yeah, we're here to, we're here to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Though it's really, you can't look at the cross without connecting love to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we look at the cross and it's really, you know, the ultimate of a God's, you know, love towards us is demonstrated in the cross. So it's so exciting that these two words went together and I got yes. to have two weeks to do it in. Yeah. Perfect. Two words, two weeks, but but blended together. I love that. If you were here uh, at our service in person, then you're probably thinking, yeah, that was an awesome message. If you were online, uh, you you may think, <laughs> who knows if it was a great message, but it was. Uh, we it, we did experience some uh, some technical difficulties mid service. Right about the time Pastor Scott started preaching, our uh, live stream uh, crashed on us, and so our apologies to those of you online for sure. Yes, but don't worry because I'm actually going to come in this week and I'm going to record it just for you. Yeah, so it's going to get up there. You're going to get to hear it. Because they got to go together. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can't. You can't have yeah. the one without the other. So we'll get a, a a video up for you as soon as we can, and then uh, along with that, we'll uh, have our sermon podcast posted as well. It'll be a few days probably, but we'll uh, we'll post that just as soon as we can for you all. Yep. Yeah. Well, with that, I'm thinking about all of our folks who were with us online, uh, who were so patient and. Um, thinking maybe they'd like to hear at least a little bit about what yeah. your message was about. So wondering if you could recap that for us uh, here for a few minutes. Yeah, well, I started off by recapping, you know, last week's message with the cross and talked about that. And then I moved into, and we really used John 3.16 as the guiding, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so last week we focused on the gave part of it, which is the cross. Yeah. You know, what, what God gave to us and what that accomplished to us as far as love's, you know, God's love to us. This week we went ahead and looked at the word love. Mm -hmm. And so we took a look at the the original language when you see the word love there, it's actually the word agape. Mm -hmm. And so we looked at the definition of what that was in two ways. Number one, we looked at the word itself in the original language. And then number two, we looked at 1 Corinthians uh, 13, mm -hmm. which kind of further expands that for us. So agape love is really, uh, it's, it's love that flows out of the character and the heart, the nature of God is. It's it literally who he is, and it flows out to us. And that love has some very distinct qualities to it. Number one, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's not really driven by emotion or affection or familiarity. It's a choice. So, you know, whether you feel like loving or not, because sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. That's right, yeah. We have to choose to use agape love. And it's a, a, a love that is faithful. It's committed. It's sacrificial. Um, it seeks the highest good of the other. Yeah. And um, yeah, so th you know, those are all qualities. And then the last piece of it really is, is that it's an active love. It's not just words, it's not just feelings, but it's actual action that translates yes. into love towards others. So really exciting that we, you know, so we look, took a look at that definition uh, of agape love and then took a look at 
other places in the Bible where we see that word agape in use, and one of those is in the two greatest commandments. Mm-hmm. So looking at, uh, looking at I think it's in the Gospel of Mark, I'm drawing a blank because I'm trying to think about it right now. I don't yeah. have my notes right in front of me. Uh, but, you know, the uh, the teachers of the law had been trying to trick Jesus uh, by, you know, arguing with him about the do's and don'ts of the law. And, of course, you can't trick Jesus because right. he's God, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so he giving, seeing that he'd given good answers, one of, the, uh, one of the Pharisees asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And so Jesus' response was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So we took that, you know, that agape love. So have agape love to God, have agape love to our neighbors. And really focused on the second part of that, you know, because when we're having agape love for our neighbors, we're really actually showing our love for God and doing that. And so we talked about, well, you know, who's my neighbor? And that's actually, there's actually a part I left it out. I I wanted to go to the Good Samaritan parable and talk about that because teaching about who is your neighbor. And the answer is everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There's nobody who's not your neighbor, right? Right. Um, But it really came, it focused on three, two main neighbors. And then a third aspect to that was one, it's other believers. Yeah. So we're to love with agape love, that sacrificial, others-focused, actionable love towards those who are in the body of Christ, towards other believers. We're also supposed to have that for non-believers as well. We're supposed to go out, and we saw in in Luke chapters 5 and 6 where Jesus actually went out and demonstrated that love for uh, in Luke chapter 5 towards Levi, the tax collector. So if you're going to pick someone who's a non-believer, to not hang out with because they're kind of the bottom of the barrel. It's tag and so again, no offense to anybody who works for the IRS. Right. No right. offense to anybody who works in accounting. Um, but uh, in in that day, being a tax collector was pretty much the bottom of the barrel. Oh yeah, nobody likes tax collectors. Uh, nobody likes tax collectors. And so Jesus went out and showed that agape love to Levi, and Levi, responding to that agape love, leaves everything behind yeah. and follows Jesus. Not only does he do that, but he throws a banquet for Jesus's honor. And then he invites his other tax collector friends in. (laughs) So then we see that agape love having been received going out to his tax collector friends so they can know Jesus and know agape love. Yeah. And Jesus, you know, when he gets confronted by that, about that by the leaders of the day, and they're talking to his disciples, Jesus says, hey, this is who I'm here to agape love. This is who I've come for. I've come to save people just like Levi. Right. Yeah. How powerful to that group of tax collectors to have this this rabbi mm-hmm. uh, respected because of, of his position as a teacher in the community, um, to have this rabbi show them that kind of love, to focus any positive attention on them at all, to eat in one of their homes, yes. uh, that's just tremendous. But then at the same time, uh, how powerful for them, but how powerful for Jesus's followers and the people watching and the crowds and the the bystanders and the onlookers to see a rabbi, a, yes. a, a man of uh, of of upstanding uh, reputation in the community because of his because of being a rabbi. Now, obviously, we know you know Jesus had some um, detractors, some detractors as well. <laughs> but as a rabbi, he would have been a, a respected figure. To see him uh, dining with. Uh, tax collectors, loving tax collectors, being mm. present and uh, neighborly uh, with tax collectors, that would yeah. have just turned everyone's expectations upside down. Oh, completely, completely. And, you know, Jesus loved to do that. Yes. Um, and, uh, 
you know, I, I think about as well, who else did he reach out to? We think about the woman at the well. Yeah. The Samaritan woman. They were not, I mean, so, okay, if, t- if tax collectors were bad, Samaritans may actually have been just a hair below or right yeah. there on par. <laughs> right. We didn't mix with them because we needed to keep ourselves pure and clean, right? Right. As right. God's people, chosen people set apart. And Jesus, you know, to her, uh, asked her for a drink of water. And her response to that is, is unbelief. Disbelief is like, wow, here is a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi talking to me. And we right. see what happens there that happens. She's transformed by that. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and tells everyone else. Yes. So we see that agape love working out. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I go to verse, I didn't get a chance to go to verse 17. You know, he didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, right? but to save the world through him. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. powerful stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then the, the last piece we talked about was loving our enemies. Mm. Yeah. Because they're, they're, cause now we can have enemies in both camps. Sure. We yeah. can have enemies within the church or, mm-hmm. you know, and we say enemies, they literally, people, literally could be people who work against us mm-hmm. or it could just be people who, for whatever reason, find a way to hurt us. Right. Um, you know, because uh, honestly, when you're in a, uh, in a world that's broken and you're in amongst broken people and honestly, what's the church doing going out to broken people and saying, come in? Right. Um, yep. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. There's going to yes. be some, some hurt and some heartache. And uh, sometimes we will be the ones... Uh, that intentionally or not, uh-huh. dishing that out, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Now we see that, you know, in for last week's message on the cross and that day of atonement. Yes. The 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 you know the head priest would go in and he would lay hands on the scapegoat and he would transfer all the sin, intentional or unintentional, right, mm-hmm. onto that goat. So right. yeah, we can hurt people without even knowing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, which could yeah. end up uh, giving us the label of enemy. <laughs> yes, it could, yeah. could. And so we look at how, you know, loving the, the call to love our enemies. Yeah. And so Jesus adds some additional words in Luke 6, uh, where he's speaking to the crowd and saying, you know, I tell you, love your enemies, mm-hmm. you know, bless them, you know, yeah. give to them, lend to them, forgive them. Don't judge, don't condemn. So Jesus adds some even more action words onto that definition of agape yeah. for us to follow. And we really actually need him to have done that. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's probably not, not a conclusion we would reach on our own. No, not we're not we're not we naturally need, inclined to do that, <laughs> I don't think. We need some very direct teaching. Yes. How powerful for the people who heard those words um, as spoken, because I'm thinking about the uh, the Jewish people in the first century and how you've already mentioned the Samaritans who were a, a people group who would have been thought of as enemies and and uh, and thought of as lesser, uh, yeah. lesser than. And then at the same time that the Jewish people were under the oppressive rule of the Roman Empire mm-hmm. uh, and had very little uh, power, yes. very little uh, agency there and, uh, and, and were under the rule of their enemies. So... What a statement from Jesus to say, love your enemies when they have really enemies all around and some who are actually causing tremendous harm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's a powerful, powerful message. And so then the question is, is how do we love our enemies? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you talk about that idea of those who were included and, in, you know, the, the Jewish people who were set aside and the people who were excluded, we look at Ephesians 3. And Paul is just saying, you who were formerly excluded, who were enemies from God, with God, yeah. not Jewish, you're now included through the gospel. Whew. That's so wow. huge. That's and, really huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so Paul says, when I think about the, just the, the scope of that and the magnitude of that, I fall on my knees and I pray for you. Wow. 
And he says, and he prays, you know, I, I pray that, you know, out of God's riches, that he would, you know, strengthen you in your innermost being, that you would come to have Christ dwell richly in your heart, and that you, together with all the saints, could understand the, the breadth, the width, you know, the depth and the length and the height of the love of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about how do we love our enemies, we go back to the first of the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I know that if I focus on that, if I, if I intentionally have the discipline to spend time knowing God, mm-hmm. getting to understand who God is, it's really just as the cross transformed me from being formally outside of God's kingdom to being inside, to be formally you know, ashamed, but now no longer ashamed to stand before God. Yeah. That same transformational work continues in us, mm-hmm. and it's by spending time in God's presence that we ourselves are transformed. We begin to understand God's agape love for us, and it begins to flow through us to other people. Yeah. And that's how we love our enemies and how we love our neighbors. Yes. Oh, I love that, having that foundation in place of, of living in the presence of God so that we can uh, receive that agape love ourselves, God's love to us. And we can un- understand that in as much as we can. I think it's even beyond our understanding, but uh, but to be able to receive that. And then in that way, it flows mm-hmm. through us as well. I think you've uh, hit the nail on the head there. There's really, we that's just not something we can will it into ourselves, is that we can, there's no agape love without uh, to to send out into the world without first receiving it. Yeah, that's so true. And when you think, you know, first of all, agape love is a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we don't have the strength to do it. Right. But just as we had to come to Christ through a choice to believe in faith, yeah. we also have to, you know, when Jesus says, if you, if you want to be my disciple, follow me, take up your cross daily. Mm-hmm. That's that choice. So when we have moments when we're around our neighbors, and sometimes it's easy when we feel it, it's easy to love other believers. It's easy to love our neighbors when we feel it. Right, right. It's less easy to do it when we don't feel it. And that's when we have to make that choice, that same choice that by faith, I'm going to believe, God, that you are at work here. Yes. I can't understand it. I don't see it. But I know enough about your love to me to know that you want it to flow through to other people. And I can trust you that if I step into this choice to love, you're going to be right there with me. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Isn't it something to see? You've mentioned uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and that amazing description of mm. love. So mm-hmm. You may, uh, if you're listening, you may know that chapter from, it's, it's read at weddings a lot of times. Oh, yeah. It's the love passage, right? Yeah. But it's talking about uh, the, the the love of God, this agape love to us and through us. And uh, what I love about that is the description of love in 1 Corinthians is so similar to the description of the fruit of the Spirit yes. uh, in Galatians. And there's so many parallels, and I, that's not an accident. I think that no. love is patient and kind, and uh, and that these are fruits of the, uh, part of the fruit of the Spirit as well, um, I think just... just uh, confirms that if we are living in the presence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God, yeah. and God is love, if we can tie together a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. a scripture here, then uh, then that love will flow through us, that love that reflects the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 And it's an active love. And I think that was the other piece of this message is that the more I looked at it, the Lord said, keep coming back to that point. It's an active love. Yeah. Don't just love with words. Don't just love with emotions. Don't just right. love with ideas. Right. But it needs to translate into actual, actionable love towards folks. Yeah. Even if we don't feel it, 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Yes. Oh, that's so good. All right. So we've, you, yeah, you've, we've talked about agape love and, uh, but you had so many, uh, good things in your message here. Actually, I'm kind of blown away by how, um, succinctly you have been able to pull in, uh, really a, a tremendous richness of scripture in a short amount of time. Um, I know this because I saw your slides ahead of time and I thought, wow, he's got a lot in there and you did it. Like you pulled it all in. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, gee, we're going to do a sermon in one week about love. About Woo-hoo! love. Yeah. 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 There's a lot to say about love. Yeah. There's a lot to say about love. 25 minutes. Go. There you go. <laughs> go. Good luck. Woo. Um, and you know, and, and, and to your point, it's like, I was actually sharing with pastor Nikki, my wife Yeah. after the sermon, it's just like, you know, man, I was all over the Bible in this last two weeks oh, from yeah. beginning to end, which is awesome. And I love that because you can see the connectivity between it. Yes. But there were some things that I had to leave out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> As is always the case. But fortunately, we have a discussion podcast, which yes. is a wonderful time to Yay. bring in those things that didn't quite make it make That's the final right. cut of the, of the sermon. A little behind the scenes look about the process. That's yes. right. Hey, so one of those was in Exodus 20. I wanted to talk about the Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah. So, because they tie straight in to the two greatest commandments, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So, you know, I love the Ten Commandments because, I mean, here's this moment. God has worked an amazing deliverance of the people of Israel from Egypt, mm-hmm. did amazing things, brought them out into the desert. He sustained them, and they show up at the mountain. And so here is the God of the universe, and he's going to show up, and he's going to talk to his people for the first time. Yeah. And what does he say? Well, what we tend to hear, and it's and it's not unfairly so, is a list of do's and don'ts. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's how they read sometimes. That's to how us. they read. Yeah. yeah. And so, and but when you look at that, what are the first four of those commandments really about? You know, it says, you know, love the Lord your God. You know, have no other gods before me. You shall not make an idol. You should not take the Lord's name in vain. And remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Mm-hmm. What he's really saying there. Don't do things that hurt your relationship with me. Right. Okay. And if you look at the next uh, six, honor your father and mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't lie right. uh, about your neighbor. And don't covet your neighbor's stuff. What he's really saying is don't do things that hurt your relationship with your neighbor. Yeah. So here's the God of the universe, and he shows up. And what does he say? The most important thing to me is, first of all, your relationship with me. Right. And second of all, your relationship with each other. Yes. Wow. Pretty direct reflection of what Jesus said were the greatest Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it ties right in. So I wanted to cover that. Yeah. Hey, it's a really cool, it's a really cool moment in the Bible. Right. And um but but I just well, there wasn't time. Sure, it wasn't yeah. time to go into that. Oh, that could all. be its own series, right? There. Oh yeah, yeah, each, absolutely. Each of the commandments and oh be yeah, fantastic, so. yeah, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to go to Romans twelve because mm-hmm. as we talk about that idea of being in God's presence and being transformed, so that we can you know agape our neighbor, and we can agape God. Um, Romans twelve is a fantastic section about being transformed. Yeah. You know, so Paul says, you know, in view of God's sacrifice, you know, I urge you to be, you know, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and prove what God's will is. And 
Then he goes into a section. It says, you know, for by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think more highly of yourself. And we see, begin to see the description of agape yeah. in this. And, and he goes on and he says, you know, and this whole idea of love in action. In fact, some Bible writer somewhere in the past wrote love in action as the title of this next section. And nine, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devo- devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Don't be, you know, and it goes on and on. Yeah. And so it was such a wonderful summation of that idea of agape love, both God's love to us and being in his presence and being transformed and then God's love through us to other people. Mm-hmm. But there just wasn't time to cover yeah. that. Yes, there, I know. <laughs> There's never enough time, unfortunately. But, uh, oh, but isn't that just Wonderful. And I love how you mentioned that you uh, were all over the place in the Bible yeah. in these last couple of weeks. And I think to me, what that shows is just how uh, how connected Scripture is to itself yes. and, uh, and, and, and how consistent, mm-hmm. how consistently the message uh, of God to God's people uh, has been to, to love, to love God and to love others, yeah. uh, which is, that's... That's the that's the life of the people of God, right? To love God and to love others. And I love how you have um, pulled that in so richly from from all over. You really, in the last two weeks, have you've been in Genesis, you've been in Revelation, and you've been in a bunch of places <laughs> in, in between. between. So we've covered a lot of ground there. Um, and the message is clear, and the message is consistent. Yeah. Uh, that that. Uh, that we are to love God and that we are to love others. Mm-hmm. That happens because of God's love to us as demonstrated on the cross. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the whole message of the gospel right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one thing that I almost didn't do because because of time yeah. was go to Revelations 4. Ooh. I put I put it in the slides, yeah. but I actually had planned a spot where if I needed to, if I was long on time, I could stop. Sure. And not do that. But again, you know, God does um, my son I love this term. He calls he calls it godable. Godable. A godable. And the Holy Spirit says, actually skip these three slides because you need to do the end. Yeah. And so it was really important to to me and I felt the message to take a look back, just like we look back from the cross to Genesis Mm -hmm. and we saw the fall of man and we looked at the fall of man through the lens of the cross. Yeah. To order to understand agape love and understand the cross and what it did for us, we needed to end up in the throne room of God. Mm -hmm. And we needed to show, and I love this. So you see in that throne room, the the 24 elders that are there and they're they're, they're praising holy, holy, holy is the Lord, worthy is the lamb. And they take off their heads and they lay down the crowns they have on their heads. And that for me has also been kind of a transformative idea in my mind or an image in my mind. Uh, well, where did they get those crowns? Where did those crowns come from? Where those crowns come from? And you can look at this and the other piece I wanted to go into in greater depth, but just didn't have time. The you know we look in Ephesians two ten. It says we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He created for us to do ahead of time. And we even look in Luke six, and I talked about this as well, where when Jesus says to love our enemies. He tells us that, and then he says, because your reward will be great, that your generosity will be rewarded. I had a gentleman that, uh, when I used to work at Warren Beach Senior Community, and I had a wonderful gentleman there, and he says, God has the most fantastic retirement plan. Just don't expect <laughs> to collect it anytime soon. That's, right. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, <laughs> and so what we see in Luke 6 is Jesus saying, hey, you're going to be rewarded for this. It may not feel like it in the moment, right. but God doesn't forget. And so that crown is made up of those works God prepared for us to do. When we chose to agape love, 
when we chose to step into those works, when we chose to love, even when it was hard, mm-hmm. when we didn't see reward in the moment, we get a crown of life that is forged by God. And it now, and this is what I love about this is the love of God in action from the beginning, from the end. God didn't want us to show up to the party with nothing to offer. He wanted us to be able to have an acceptable offering to give him. So not only did he save us to get us into the throne room and to get us into heaven, but he also gives us a crown through his agape love that we can now lay before him that is worthy to offer Mm. him. Unbelievable. Yeah, and how wonderful to be able to look back over the, the story of God and God's people throughout scripture, throughout history, and mm. see uh, see those things come together and to be able to look forward as well yeah. to that retirement plan, as that gentleman so, <laughs> yes. so uh, creatively put it. Well, Pastor Scott, we are uh, quickly running out of time here, but what a joy and privilege it has been to have you share these last couple of weeks. We've loved hearing from you, um, are excited to hear from you again, and uh, and again, I just want to let you all know that we will we will post that video and post the sermon podcast just as soon as we can. Pastor Scott's coming back in just to record it for you all uh, because, well, I'm just going to call that agape love right there. There we go. Agape loves you, so we're going to do that. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Pastor Scott, thank you so much. And uh, hope you all have a wonderful week. And we'll, uh, we'll post that video just as soon as we can. Have a great one. 